the mercy of God. The love he gave you through Jesus. I pray you're thankful for your church family, for your blood family. Pray that you're thankful for your pastor. Amen? Amen. Boy, he's thankful for you. And obviously, your message this morning is about thankfulness. We're actually going to take three looks at Thanksgiving today. And I pray that what's up on the screen is etched in your heart. Because Thanksgiving is good, but Thanksgiving is better. One morning after a terrible snowstorm up north, a girl named Susan was outside shoveling her driveway. One of her neighbors came outside and asked her, Why ain't your husband helping you shovel this snow? And she explained that one of them had to stay inside with the four kids, so they drew straws to see who would go outside and shovel snow. The neighbor said, well, I'm sorry about your bad luck. And Susan replied, don't sorry, be sorry, I won. <laughs> you know, people don't complain because they have problems. They got problems because they complain. Complaining doesn't change anything. Complaining doesn't make your situation any better. All complaining does is amplify your frustration. All complaining does is spread discontent. All complaining does is invite the devil to come into your life and steal your joy. Complaining will make you miserable. On the other hand, a positive thankful person is perhaps the best witness for Jesus. You know, we only shine when we're being thankful. Do you shine? Do you shine around to those around you? Do you come off as being a thankful person or a complaining person? Instead of looking at the negatives and complaining, I pray that this message today encourages you to look at the positives and give thanks. Today we're going to see in Psalm 95 three ways to, to share, three ways to look at thanksgiving. I pray that these three ways will help you to get a positive mindset, and I pray that these three ways will also encourage you to be thankful. Let's read Psalm 95. In verse 1, O come and let us sing to the Lord. Let us shout joyfully to the rock of our salvation. Therefore, let us come, therefore, in His presence with thanksgiving. Let us shout joyfully to Him with psalms, for the Lord is a great God and the great King above all gods. In His hand are the deep places of the earth. The heights of the hills are His also. The sea is His. He made it all. His hands formed the dry land. 
Oh, come, let us worship and bow down. Let us kneel before the Lord, our Maker, for He is God. And we are the people of His pasture and the sheep of His hand. Today, if you will hear His voice, do not harden your hearts as in the rebellion, as in the day of trial in the wilderness, when your fathers tested me. They tried me, though they saw my work. For 40 years I was grieved with that generation and said, It is a people who go astray in their hearts, and they don't know my ways. So I swore in my wrath, they shall not enter my rest. Let us pray. Dear Lord, our Maker, our Father, and our Redeemer, thank you. Thank you. Lord, thank you. Father, thank you. Jesus, thank you. Holy Spirit, thank you. Thank you. In Jesus' name, we thank you. And all God's people said, Amen. The first way that you can look at Thanksgiving is by taking an upward look. An upward look should make us thankful. Look again there in verse 1. O come, let us sing to the Lord. Let us shout joyfully to the rock of our salvation. It's time that you and I develop a habit of thanking God. Not just thanking Him on Thanksgiving, but developing a daily habit of thanking God. It's time that we develop a habit not just of giving thanks to God from time to time, but giving thanks to God all the time. Amen? Amen. All the time. Why? Because God is good. Why? Because God is good. And all the time? Amen. But for what are we to thank God for? What are we to thank God for? Well, for starters, an upward look brings thanks to God for His power. For the power of God. I read about Harriet. Harriet was an atheist. If you don't know what that means, that means she don't believe in God. And one morning, Harriet and her Christian lady friend stepped out into the glories of a beautiful fall morning. As Harriet looked, she saw the brilliant sun peeking through the haze. She saw the frost on the meadow. She saw the brightly colored leaves making their way lazily to the ground. And she was so overwhelmed by the beauty of it all, she said, I am so thankful. I am so grateful for it all. And then her Christian friend said to this atheist, To whom are you thankful? Who does an atheist thank for the things you and I take for granted? We ought to develop a habit of thanking God. In His power, God created this whole world that we live in. He creates 
every single brand new day. He creates the breath that you breathe. Ready? He granted you that. He creates everything that you see. He gives you everything that you feel. He gives you everything that you taste. Amen. But greatest of all, He provided for our salvation. Created a way whereby we could be saved from our sin. Therefore, let us shout joyfully to the rock of our salvation. See, friends, you and I were created for God's glory. So let us fulfill our purpose, give thanks, and give Him glory. He deserves that glory. So an upward look brings thanks for the power of God. But an upward look also brings thanks for the plans of God. Verse 4 and 5. In his hand are the deep places of the earth. The heights of the hills are his also. The sea is his, for he made it. And his hands formed the dry land. Now, I led, read several translations of Jeremiah 29, 11. And here's what I discovered. As verse 3 and 4 said, His, His, His. Everything is His. His plans are His. And He is responsible for fulfilling His plans. Listen to what Jeremiah 29, 11 said. For I know the thoughts that I think toward you, saith the Lord. The thoughts of peace, not of evil. To give you an expected end. God has plans. Another translation said, For I know the thoughts that I think toward you, says the Lord. They are good thoughts, not evil thoughts. To give you a future and to give you a hope. God has plans for you. Another translation says, For I know the plans that I have for you, says the Lord. They are plans of welfare, not calamity. They're plans to give you a future. They're plans to give you a hope. I'm so thankful that God has a plan. I'm so thankful that God has a plan for me. I'm so thankful that God has a plan for you. I'm so thankful that God has a plan for this church family. Because so many times, I don't know the plan. But I can trust His plan. As long as we seek His face, His righteous plans will be fulfilled. So an upward look brings thanks. Thanks for the power of God, but also thanks for the plans of God. But an upward look also brings thanks for the presence of God. Verse 2. Oh, let us come before his presence with thanksgiving. And now if you'll scoot on down to verse 6. Oh, let us come worship and bow down. Let us kneel before the Lord our maker. For he is our God. And we are the people of his pasture and the sheep of his hand. Friends, at any time you want to, you can come, kneel down, and know that God is your refuge, that God is your strength, and that God is your very present help in times of trouble. Anytime you want, you can be in the presence of God. Man, to know that I can come into God's presence anytime, what a blessing that is. And I read about a preacher who went to a crowded restaurant 
And just as he was about to begin his meal, a man approached him and said, do you mind if I join you at your table? And the preacher said, why, certainly. And then almost immediately, the preacher bowed his head in prayer. And when he opened his eyes, that other man looked at him and said, sir, have you got a headache? Preacher replied, no, I ain't got a headache. And he said, well, is there something wrong with your food? And the preacher said, no, I was just thanking God as I always do before I eat. The man said, oh, you're one of those, are you? Well, I never give thanks. I earn my money by the sweat of my brow, and I don't have to give thanks to anybody. When I get ready to eat, I sit down and I just start right in. And that preacher said, yeah, you're just like my dog. It's exactly what he does, too. You know, as funny as that is, I'm embarrassed to tell you that there are times that I don't thank God before my meal. And I should be ashamed of that. To give thanks for what God has provided you to eat but he's provided me to eat. Let us not be like a dog taking that meal for granted. An upward look brings thanks for the power of God, for the plans of God, but also for the presence of God. But not only does an upward look make us thankful, an outward look should also make us thankful. An outward look perhaps at God's supply. Makes me thankful. Normally, I am so content. I'm really a content person. Until I start walking through Sam's. Now, you need to know about Sam's. Sam's is my favorite store. And every time I wander through Sam's, I see stuff I want. And I realize what I ain't got. Sam's has got all that stuff. That I want. I was really content with my car until I saw that 2010 Chevy Camaro. Now that's a car. I was perfectly satisfied with my clothes until I strolled through the men's department at Dillard's the other day. Well, I saw some more clothes I really wanted. I loved my home until I began thinking about that mansion. Or that nice house over on the Tennessee River. I'm satisfied with every area of my life until I compare it with somebody else's. Whenever I see somebody that's got more than me, for some reason I don't seem quite as content. I feel like I got enough of everything until I see somebody who's got more. Lord, help me to realize that the secret of a happy life is not getting what I want, but living with what I got. So many of us spend our lives studying what we ain't got, 
instead of thanking God for what we do have. Then one day we wake up and our lives are over and we've missed the beauty of God's daily provision. Oh, friends, let us be thankful for what we got. Lord, help us to understand what your word says there in verse 7, that we are the sheep of your hand and that you supply everything we need. You know, you never really know what you got until... You never really know what you got till till it's gone. Your power is shut off, and then all of a sudden you become thankful for electricity. Amen? Mm -hmm. Your garbage begins to stack up, and all of a sudden you become real thankful for that garbage pickup every week. A good friend passes away, and you discover, wow, he really meant something to me. Our water becomes polluted, then all of a sudden you begin to appreciate fresh water. Anybody ever had uh, the, the pipes break and you turn on your water and muddy water comes out of your spigot? Uh-huh, I've been there. Boy, it's then I really appreciate fresh water. Often it's our selfish attitudes that put it off like this. God, I know you've given me a lot, but what have you given me lately? Let our attitudes not be like that. Let us have an attitude of thankfulness. Often we become like that little boy who was given an orange and the boy's mother said, well, what do you say to the nice man? And he thought about it for a second. He took that orange and he said, peel it. <laughs> mm -hmm. He's already blessed us so much. Now we want God to peel it. But do you know, friend, if we could take the entire population of the world and we could minimize that population down to a village of 100 people, it might look like this. There'd be about 57 Africans, or excuse me, 57 Asians. There'd be about 21 Europeans, about 14 in the Western Hemisphere, that's our hemisphere, and about 8 Africans. 50 of the people in our village of 100 would suffer from malnutrition. That means they don't get enough food to eat every day. And one of them would be just about to die. In our village of 100 people that represented the world, 80 of them would live in substandard housing. That means housing you wouldn't let your dog live in. In that imaginary village of 100 people that symbolizes the world, 70 of them would be unable to read. And here's the kicker. Six of those 100 people would possess more than half the world's wealth. And all six of them would be living in North America. We said in Sunday school, and I don't remember who said it, but at the poverty level we have in America, you are among the world's 10% richest people. Go, go, go to. I believe it. <laughs> you know, we have money in the bank, or we could if we chose to. Amen? Amen? Yes. 
We got spare change in that dish. We got food in the fridge. You got clothes on your back. You got a roof over your head. You are richer than 75% of the world. And yet we only give thanks one day a year. But an outward look at God's supply will make us thankful. But also an outward look at salvation makes me thankful. Look in verse 8. Do not harden your hearts as in the rebellion, as in the day of trial in the wilderness. When your fathers tested me, they tried me, though they saw my work. For 40 years I was grieved with that generation and said, It is a people who go astray in their hearts. They do not know my ways, so I swore in my wrath. They will not enter my rest. Those verses, in reality, accurately describe a lost world. Those verses describe a world that's headed for hell. But God demonstrates his own love toward us in that while we were still, say still. While, while we were still, say still, still. While we were still sinners, Christ died for us. What does that mean, Brother Bill? That means it's a promise. It's a reason to be thankful that though my heart was hardened toward God, though I rebelled against God, though I tested and tried His patience toward me, though I grieved Him, though I went astray again, amen? Though I went astray again, though I act like I don't know His ways, Jesus Christ, His Son, still, say still, still died for me. He's still the rock of my salvation. An outward look at God's supply makes me thankful, but so does an outward look at God's salvation. So, to be thankful today, friend, you must not only have an upward look, you must not only have an outward look, but I want to challenge you to have an inward look. An inward look that makes you thankful. An inward look at your heart that makes you thankful. In verse 7, the Bible says that we are the sheep of his hand today if you will hear his voice. Today, if you will hear his voice. Friend, offering thanks is basically just acknowledging in your heart that having another in your life gives you great benefit. That's what giving thanks is all about. It's that heartfelt sense that your life is somehow better because of someone else. Is your life better because of someone else? And if, he, if it is, then are you giving thanks for that? Christians ought to acknowledge that our life is better because of Jesus Christ. That our life is better because Christ dwells in our hearts. And that, that acknowledgement, that mentality begins to change me. And it gives me a real thankful attitude. For instance, it means that I can be thankful for the taxes I pay. Because it means that I got a job. 
It means that I can be thankful because my clothes fit a little snug. Because that means I got plenty to eat. It means that I can be thankful for a lawn that needs mowing, windows that need cleaning, and gutters that need fixing. Because it means that I got a home. It means that I can be thankful for that parking spot down at the very end of the Walmart parking lot. Amen? Because it means that I can walk. I can be thankful for that lady behind me that can't sing a lick. Because it means I can hear. I can be thankful for the piles of laundry, piles of ironing. Why? Because it means my loved ones are nearby. I can be thankful for that alarm going off at way too early in the morning because it means that I'm alive for another brand new day. Now that's amazing thankfulness, amen? You see, the art of giving thanks is living thankfully. The art of giving thanks is gratitude in action. Being able to be thankful in all situations. Not thankful for all situations, but to be thankful in all situations. It's thanking God for the gift of life by living this life triumphantly. It's thanking God for your talents and your abilities by accepting them as obligations to be used for somebody else, not just for me. It's thanking God For happiness. And willing to use my life to help make somebody else happy. An inward look at my heart makes me thankful. Because I recognize the privilege of serving God and serving other people. But finally, an inward look at my health makes me thankful. It was Thanksgiving at the nursing home. And the small resident population had gathered at the humble Thanksgiving meal. And the director began to ask each one at the table what they were thankful for. Some of them expressed thanks for a home to stay in. Others expressed thanks for a family. Others expressed thanks just for living. And many other things. And then one little old lady said, I thank the Lord for two perfectly good teeth. One on top and one on the bottom so I can chew my food. Let's eat. <laughs> Thankfulness. But on a serious note, there was 12-year-old David. Born without an immune system. Spent his entire life inside of a bubble. Because exposure to a germ, a bacteria, or a virus would kill him. He lived without ever knowing human contact. And when David was asked one day what he'd like to do if he ever got released from that bubble, David said, I want to walk barefoot on the grass and I want to touch my mama's hand. What are you thankful for today? 
Is it something that you see somebody else has got that you want? Or are you thankful for something God's already given you? We take so much for granted. If you have nothing but your health, then you have reason to be thankful. I read a sign in a pastor's office once that said, Thou shalt not whine. And I recalled this poem entitled, Forgive Me When I Whine. Today upon a bus I saw a lovely maid with golden hair. I envied her so beautiful and how I wished that I were so fair. When suddenly she rose to leave, I saw her hobble down the aisle. She only had one foot and wore a crutch, but as she passed, she gave me a smile. Oh, God, forgive me when I whine. I've got two feet. The world is mine. Then I stopped to buy some sweets, and the boy who served me had such charm. He seemed to radiate good cheer, his manner so kind and warm. He said, it's nice to deal with you, such courtesy I seldom find. And he turned and said, oh, thank you, sir. Then I saw that he was blind. Oh, God, forgive me when I whine. I've got two eyes. The world is mine. Then when I was walking down the street, I saw a child with eyes of blue. He stood and watched the others play and seemed he knew not what to do. I stopped a moment. Then I said, why don't you join the others, dear? He looked ahead without a word, and I realized he couldn't hear. Oh, God, forgive me when I whine. I've got two ears. The world is mine. With feet to take me where I'd go, with eyes to see the sunsets glow, with ears to hear what I would know, I am blessed indeed. The world is mine. Lord, please forgive me when I whine. Friends, an upward look, an upward look to God should make us thankful for his power, for his plan, and for his presence. An outward look should make us thankful for God's supply and for the salvation he provided. And an inward look should make us thankful for my heart and for my health. There's only one thing that God wants from you for you to show your thankfulness to Him. He really doesn't care if you say, thank you, God, although I'm sure He appreciates it. He doesn't want your tithe, although I'm sure that He appreciates it. I don't think that He wants your abilities or your talents, although I'm sure that He appreciates it. All God wants for you, for you to tell him, for you to show him that you're thankful, is your life. And so at the conclusion of every service, we provide an opportunity for you to do that. For you to say thank you in the most genuine way that a human being can. And that's by giving God your life. 
you'd like to say thank you today, then during the course of this song we're about to sing, you just step out, step forward, allow me to show you what God's Word says about being saved and being in an eternal relationship with Him. Won't you say thank you? Say thank you in a most genuine way. Let us pray. Father in heaven, we praise you and we thank you so much for this opportunity today to, yes, remember the gift you've given us in Jesus and to say thank you. Father, it's our prayer as a family of God, as a family, the bride of Christ here at Bethel. Lord, it's our prayer that if there's somebody here that needs to say thank you, Lord, they do so by giving you their life. All they have to do is Believe. Be willing to turn from the old and turn toward you and to accept that perfect sacrifice that you gave in your Son, Jesus Christ. Lord, we're going to use words because we should. And so, Lord, with one collective voice right now, we're going to say, Thank you, Lord. Ready, church? Thank you, Lord. Say it again. Say it again. One more time. Thank you, Lord. In Jesus' name. And all God's people said.